welcome back everyone to the Cancel for Mainness podcast. If this is your first time joining us, we are a show that takes a behind-the-scenes look into the gritty, non-glamorous life of aviation maintenance. We share some laughs, impart some wisdom, all in hopes of giving you that split-second relief in your day that can help prevent mishaps. I am your co-host, Six. I'm MVP. And our third host, Shoreline, is here again in the back, silently monitoring our audio and making sure our faces stay fit for radio. Hey, we're back again in the swing of things, <laughs> bringing you an episode after a small but much-needed hiatus. Um, yeah, I apologize for that, everybody. That hiatus is because of, because of me. I uh, had a lot going on with uh, professional and personal lives, just uh, eating up majority of my schedule, and I needed to free up some time. And unfortunately, this is where I could uh, pull some time from uh, pretty quickly. Uh, you're you're well, not it. You're, I you're apologize not, for all the uh, gaps. <laughs> I mean, you're not 100% uh, at fault at this. It's also mine as well. Like uh, being sick tw- two times in a row, uh, a bunch of life stuff hit. And uh, I'm currently doing this uh, big audit procedure thing where it's just milking up a lot of my brain power right now. And uh, it's again with this, it's just been uh, things, things lined up in such a perfect way where we had to take a small break from the show. But hey, we're, we're back. We're here again. And what better way to ring back the times than to talk about what it's currently time for. <laughs> and that is the audit season. <laughs> yep. Verification, or in my case, it's verification of corrective action season. Yep. So uh, everyone loves audits, right? Everyone, it's their favorite thing to do. But <laughs> <laughs> loves is a... Uh... Word I wouldn't have chosen, but, uh, you know, yeah, let's use that. Love. Yeah, yeah, love, love. With, uh, with quotations around it. Yeah. It's like, but why do we do audits? Why do we perform them? Are they really necessary? Or is this just a way to keep people who, air quotes, can't do employed? Because <laughs> I've, I've always heard those things, right? It's kind of like the same with people who uh, teach in certain backgrounds. Like, well, if you can't do teach, I believe is the saying. Oh man, does that fit for us on this show? Those who can't do, do a podcast about it. Oh, oh man, <laughs> kick myself oh, in please, the nuts. Please be, please be kind in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> so, especially with audits, uh, there's so many reasons why people find this negatively, and for and we yeah, admittedly so for good reason. There are some individuals who are just so wrapped up in how to perform and how they. Uh, re- report audits that they just they throw the grenade and leave the room as we've mentioned some uh so many episodes ago <laughs> they yep yep pull the pin throw it in the room close the door wait for the explosion then walk back in and go oh my god what happened right like, <laughs> you motherfucker yeah. you threw the grenade yeah i did oh. no such thing prove it right and then they say like see look how fucked up these guys are or look how uh, XYZ, the, the, this place is being. We get it. Uh, and no, and for a good purpose, no one likes being criticized by anybody else, especially if it's someone within your own department or someone that's completely outside of your, your organization. I think those two specifically just really rubs you wrong, if that makes any sort of sense. Like, uh, say, like you're being audited by the financing department of your organization. So they start picking through all the little things you did, like your time cards, your your time uh, to do X, Y, Z, how much, how long you take your breaks, et cetera, et cetera. Or vice versa, like say it's a third party or a regulatory uh, audit, like say the FAA comes in or NTSB comes in or uh, EASA for all these other countries, whatever, like whatever regulatory agency, when they come through, everyone hates it because they're now nitpicking through all your stuff. And Granted that that's very abrasive and some people can be very standoffish to it, but that's generally not the purpose of an audit. It's not there to smash you. Right. Well, I was just going to jump in here and say, if you didn't already know, the main reason behind an uh, an audit is contract compliance, right? Contracts are how we do business with our customers. There's a contract written. There's certain specifications and guidelines put in there of which the uh buyer excuse me the yeah buyer supplier they have to abide by so you know your customer they have to they have to be able to provide certain things but you as the 
uh, vendor has to also be in compliance and, and go through all these things. So the main reason is, is that it's because of a contract or regulations, right? There's still, there's even like six mentioned about finances. Well, there's federal guidelines and regulations that these businesses, your business you work for or own and operate has to report certain things annually for IRS tax reasons, whatever else. Mm -hmm. So the whole reason behind it is because it's either it's mandated somewhere and it's either via some regulation or some, uh, some contract. And, And so you say, Oh my God, these suck. Well, yeah, they do suck because, uh, you have to be compliant. And if you're not compliant, that's money loss. That's contract loss, which equals money loss. It's, it all comes back to money loss. We've talked about money. Money drives everything. Hmm. At the end of the day, the more infractions you have equals money lost, equals loss of jobs and all these other negative fallouts. So, yes, they are a pain in the butt. But it's not because it's not because six and six and MVP are sitting there sitting there in their office twiddling their thumbs and going, man, I'm a little bored today. I sure would like to go ruin a bunch of people's days and lives for the next week and a half. Yeah, let's go do that. Let's go ruin some lives just for funsies. Ha, no. No, it's, <laughs> because, sure we- it's because it's a requirement that we have to uh, ensure that all these various work centers and entities are uh, doing what they're supposed to. Yes, very much so. And especially if it's a regulatory thing, if we just say, ah, it's fine, we did we did a compliance audit last year or however long it was, that turns into some legal shit. And you want to talk about money loss, when it, when it turns into legal stuff, all sorts of crazy shit comes out, right? Uh, litigations and all this and that, your word versus mine, your written word versus recorded word, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I would also branch off a little bit from the compliance piece. As part of your compliance, there's also a performance, right? Like um, say if you're a contract, your regulation or your statement of work bill, whatever color that is, it it says you shall perform X, Y, Z in this manner, in this way, by this schedule. So another piece of that audit is to see if you're performing to what your, your contract, your statement of work or your regulatory um, obligation is holding you to. So those, right. those, well, it, you know, those are called deliverables. And so for you maintainers listening, when you're saying, ah, I don't care if this plane gets off the ground or not. Well, you should. And, and here's why, because that, uh, downtime, that, uh, maintenance ready time, the uptime, whatever you want to call it is tracked and reported to the customer monthly. So, if if you, that that percentage rate keeps de- declining and is in the red, uh, the customer is going to start asking additional questions. They're going to send in their own auditing team to figure it out. But before that, you know your local auditing team, even you as the lead maintainer, might be saying, "Your boss might come to you and say, go figure out why you can't get, go f- figure out why your team can't get a plane off the ground." And so you're saying, "Okay, well." I don't care. I'm, you know, why try? I'm going to get my paycheck anyways. Well, it's, if they go and look at the last three months worth of, of information and they say, how many planes have, have uh, been late and for why? Who, who was doing the maintenance on them? Oh, MVP was doing the maintenance on 85% of those planes that were late. Well, guess, guess what the common denominator is? MVP. Well, there's one way we can recoup at least at least five cents a year. And that's to get rid of MVP, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it, it could mean money. Uh, it could mean job loss for you. And you say, well, how, how is that possible? Well, again, if you're the weak link in that situation, because your lack of caring or willingness to overperform and ensure that that aircraft gets off the ground when it's scheduled to get off the ground, they're going to say, we got no use for you. You can't, you're not fulfilling your job requirements. Bye. Yep. <laughs> and, and and that's also likewise for the per like going to the performance of it all. Say like there's certain steps in the in the chain of events to get that plane off the ground is is hindering you, right? Like say uh, we don't have a fuel truck that's within a five a ten minute vicinity of where our planes are. It's like clear across the airport, and it takes them thirty minutes just to get their act together and get over here in that time frame. Blasey blasey, you know what I mean? Like there's. There's different elements that can be identified during an audit that can actually help you 
right? And that's part of the reason why you need it. We kind of need to embrace having these because they may seem negative, which rightfully so. There is there the whole purpose there is to identify any negatives, and then the good part of this is like it helps the people upstairs, like the bean counters and the corporates and the customer figure out like, okay, where does our money need to go? And that's in a nutshell, the purpose of an audit. Now, whenever audits are performed, people just kind of generally tighten their asses up and they start clamming up over pretty much everything. Only speak when spoken to, only talk about whatever it is you're you're asked and whatnot. And we kind of get like this general sense like whenever an audit's around they're just going to look at absolutely everything yes and no <laughs> right. uh, yeah there's it's to look at everything is a lot of time and a lot of time that most organizations aren't going to want to pay their own people to spend that time doing that you might look at everything over the course of a year but it'd be it would be have to be dire situation for them to want to spend that kind of time and effort to do that all at one time Right. And I'll take all, and that's going to be a while. So normally whenever an audit is planned or an audit is going to happen, it's usually, it usually has some kind of focus. Like, what are we looking at? What are we looking for? And how do you want us to report back about it? And that's usually dictated by the customer. It's usually dictated by whoever initiated the audit. And this can be internal too. Like you yourself as a lead mechanic, you can initiate an audit, but in what degree, that's a different story. That kind of depends on your sphere of influence. But you can it, it, uh, initiate an audit. And usually when you do, it, there's some kind of a thought process to it. Like, what am I looking for? What am I trying to address? What am I hoping to find? And what am I looking to improve? That's used to, That's very ballpark. That's very vague. But that'll kind of get you in a good spot of how, of where you need to go. Because if you just say, I'm going to look at anything and everything, as MVP said, it's going to be a long time and it's going to cost a shit ton of money. And nobody likes to spend money to, for a what if, (laughs) right? Or appraisal as appraisal and prevention is what some people would understand it as, but. Well, look, and most of these audits that are being done are a prerequisite to the customer coming and performing the audit, right? So as we've said with other episodes and talking about uh, corrective actions and such like that, um, you know, if the company finds it, there's no, there's no ding, right? There's no money loss. There's no job loss. It's whatever. It's the company looking at itself and going, oof, we found some problems. Uh, You know, we're not being compliant in these areas fix yourselves because the customer has notified us that they're going to be here in 90 days to do their audit. So let's find it first, fix it. And then, and then when they come, they shouldn't find anything. Or we can say, Hey, we found these, uh, we did it. We found these things. And when the customer shows up, we say, Hey, out the gate, we have found these things and we're currently working them via these, these methods. And then at that point, the customer can't, you know, they can look at it as well and provide their own input, but they can't ding you for it because you self-disclosed right. your own problems, right? Yep. The The worst they can do for that, at least from our experiences and for us conducting our audits ourselves, I'm not going to ding you for self-reporting a problem. What, I, what we are going to scrutinize is your plan to correct it or correct slash prevent. That's what we're going to ding you for. And then that's how, and this is kind of what we were talking about at the beginning. This is how we verify that it was effective. Like did, whatever you say you were going to do, what did it work? Okay. Why didn't it? Or was there other sort of problems that you didn't foresee, which happens a lot. And that, that goes into the planning of it all. So first we, we've, we've found out our purpose. We find out what we, we have an idea of what we want to look for, kind of like our, our scope of reference say, and now, and then that's when we start going into the planning of it all. Like how long do we foresee this taking? How many people do we need? Uh, how long do we, um, how long do we give each other? Do we need uh, certain uh, equipment or tools or escorts or whatever have you? Uh, do the people who are going to do the audit know what they're looking at? Which is kind of, it's kind of, you would think it's a given, but there are times when uh, people who are, are auditing aviation stuff 
have never seen a plane in their life. <laughs> but that that could be a good thing because now they when they start asking questions, they're looking for you to explain it. Uh, for example, like say they'll have a environmental health and safety guys come look at your aircraft hangar. They've never seen a plane before in their life, but they just know like certain things in this area need to exist, like fire extinguishers, eyewash stations, um, earplugs and whatever have you. And if you're just so used to the rigmarole of doing things automatic, like you don't necessarily think of it all the time. So when here comes a safety person or here comes a per, uh, auditor who's never seen aviation before, they start asking you all this stuff like, holy shit, I never knew that we that even existed, <laughs> right? Or I didn't know like this was here, which is a terrible thing to say to an auditor, but you know, it, it yeah. brings, it brings that awareness. Here. That's not... Well, and I've ran into that a whole bunch. Well, I didn't know we had to do that. I said, well, it's in your process. Well, I've never read that. Well, you're not helping your case. I mean, <laughs> I mean, now, now I'm just going to take this one issue and it's just opened up a couple of more. So now I'm looping in your management and training going, how come they don't know this? This is part of the process. Oh, and I had one, you know, one person in management tell me, well, there's just too many processes to remember it all. Yeah, it's like your maintenance manual. Nobody expects you to remember the maintenance manual. In fact, I don't want you to remember the maintenance manual. But there should be at least some sort of briefing by you to your people saying, hey, you know, we are governed by these processes. You know, mm -hmm. on top of our normal maintenance uh, daily duties, we have these processes which we must be adhered to. Here's the bullet points. So to save you from having to read all that, but here's the bullet points of what we need to ensure we're doing on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly uh, plan. Yes, absolutely. And an uh, example of these, which kind of resulted of audits is like for commercial airliners, they have uh, job cards instead of hauling the whole ass manual to a job, which they can do by all means. If you, if you need a reason to uh, give a, a nugget some muscle, just have them haul around some manuals. But there's a reason why they have the cards because it's just that ready reference. So they have an idea of what they're doing and staying compliant. They just don't have to lug around the entire Bible-sized manual to do a freaking a pre-flight check, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And then, and then uh, as far as like say with the, the procedures and the policies are concerned, that is definitely something that we all need to be aware of. I, we don't need to re remember everything. We just need to know what the bullets are, where can we find it? And if there's questions, we know how to look it up or at least who to talk to to look it up. Um, what we normally catch people with uh, issues is we would ask them stuff about general procedures, not like in the weeds procedures. It's kind of like, who's your quality manager? Who is in charge of the flight line? Where do you go if you have a problem with safety and you would see blank stairs across the board? I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Like, how, how do we not know this? <laughs> and, and that's the big reason for audits is we, we, everything that we do, aviation or any other industry, there always is a standard that's being judged against or every manual and policy and procedure and company saying has some form of derivative from a standard where whatever your country is or whatever your area is, there's always a standard. Uh, ISO 9000 or the 9000 series is normally like the all encompassing. It doesn't say a whole lot, but it just says you shall have this. And well, look, any of us in the aviation realm know that we're governed by process procedures, manuals, whatever. So, the chances are, no matter what task you're doing throughout the day, it's probably uh, directed in a process somewhere. Even if you're emptying the garbage cans in the hangar, that's either governed by a local, uh, uh, you know, a cleanliness guideline, a FOD accountability, you know, guideline, uh, just corporate mandates to keep your work area clean. Mm-hmm you know, federal aviation regulation, I don't know, whatever you want. There's a, there's a reason that you're doing it. Not just because it's the right thing to do and to keep the trash cans from overflowing, but know that there is, a, there's just a procedure there. And if you're doing something one day and you think like, why are we doing this? Ask, ask your leader, ask your uh, 
you know, your quality rep, ask your contracts uh, person, ask whoever you have direct sight to, and they'll be able to get you an answer uh, if they don't have it readily available themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a great thing to do. And I always tell people this. I just had this conversation a few days ago with, with an individual and they were asking about something. Why do we have to do this? That's what's in the contract. And they said, really? That's in the contract? I said, yeah, actually it is in the contract. Huh. I've never read the contract. Well, I suggest you do. Well, is there really a need for me to? Well, you were just asking the question, weren't you? As to why something was being done that way. Mm-hmm. I said, I think it's uh, great for everybody to learn the contract you're working to, to know what you're supposed to be doing and what you're not supposed to be doing. Because equally as much as you should know what you're supposed to be doing, you should know what you shouldn't do as well. I've, I've used the contract against uh, program management before. Mm-hmm. Hey, I want you guys to start doing this. You don't have to, or we're not going to. You know, I've even used it against the customer. Customer come back and say, well, we'd like you to start doing this now. That's great. Please have your contracting person uh, reach out to our contracts officer. We'll get that uh, contract amended or modded or whatever you want to call it. And then we'll, we'll start doing that. Now, within reason, you can do certain things without, you know, having to get additional funding for. Mm-hmm. You know, if they say, hey, you know, you guys already sent this report. Could you add this one more thing in there? Or could you, you know, okay, yeah, we can do that for you. It doesn't take much extra time. We're already filling out the report anyways. But if they come back across and say, hey, uh, we know you were already reviewing and monitoring this over there. Well, we're, we're the new requirement is you have to monitor all this additional stuff as well. Uh, great. Get with our contracting officer. Oh, can't you just do it? No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do free shit for you. I can do whatever you want. I've I've sat in meetings and said this before. I'll give you whatever you want. You just got to pay me for it. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know what I mean? And yeah. they say, well, why can't you just do it? Well, what you're asking is going to take up is going to take up at least uh, it's going to require two more personnel full time just to monitor and, and gather all those that information and create metrics out of it. That's going to be a full time job. Oh, it shouldn't be that bad. Then knock it, knock it out yourself. I, you know, if it's not that bad, I, I don't understand. <laughs> so, yes. so just know that as you're going through, people always try to get you to do more for nothing, and that's in any industry. So that's why I say it's great to know the contract because you know somebody could try to force you to do something that's not by the contract. Hey, let's say they say, uh, you know, hey six, go and. Uh, you know, we're going to, we're now required to fully, uh, service the engine oils, uh, not, not to the, you know, middle of the sight glass. We're now, uh, going to max them out, make sure even over the max mark, we're going to fill them all the way out and that'll stop. That'll save time on turns from, uh, you know, oil consumption or whatever else we want to waste so many quarts oil between flights. But then let's say there's a problem or, you know, a lot of the engines, whatever they don't use, if it's overserviced, it pukes it overboard. So you come back and they say, well, who told you to do that? Oh, well, our leader told us to do that. And you go to the customer and say, hey, you guys need new engines because X, Y, Z happened. They're going to go and they're going to do their audit, their investigation. They're going to go, it's because you guys are overservicing it. Oh, yeah, well, well. Well, we we thought it would be a good thing to do. Well, cool. You guys are actually the ones paying for the engine because. You weren't contracted to do that, you know? Yep. It's kind of a weak excuse, but just to give everybody sort of, if it's not in writing and you did it and something goes bad, it's on you. You're going to have to pay for that or your company's going to have to pay for that. Yes. You know? Yep, exactly. Uh, Another example, this reminds me of our uh, owner produced parts episode where uh, you as the maintainer, like if you just, if the owner just comes by here, slap these parts on whatever you say, boss, and just, you're, you're the one paying my pay, uh, my salary and you slap it on, right? Without doing any sort of the audit or review of the paperwork to ensure that it's good to go. If that thing breaks or wrecks or whatever have you, that's your ass now. It's not just the the owner because the owner kind of rode on you to ensure everything is all good to go besides just slapping it on. And now well, you're to tie, at- Yeah, to tie that in with the contract, I mean, that's a great example, right? Okay, we're using owner-produced parts, uh for this uh for this particular aircraft but there's a larger contract with a with a federal government or something like that that says no owner produced part parts are to be used 
on these individually owned aircraft while they're under this contract with us, right? Yep. And you use those owner-produced parts and go south and they, you, your big customer, your the government or whatever is going to say, I'm not paying for that. We told mm-hmm. you here you're not allowed to. And so because you did that, now we're actually going to take more money from you. Yep. <laughs> you know, as a penalty. Yep. And uh, that's another uh, reason why it's so important to read the contract, read your procedures, read your policies, understand the standards and where they come from. Because so a lot of people, you'd be amazed how are so unaware of them or they feel that other people are so unaware of them that they can get away with it. Right. Or you might inadvertently be getting uh, be doing it wrong and not know it. So that's another reason why these audits exist is to ensure that the compliance is there, that the performance is there, and that you are made aware of what they are and how they work. And that comes down to like the audit itself, right? Um, I I usually, almost everybody sees audit as a negative, but I also kind of see it as a learning experience because there might be some new change or there might be some kind of way that we're missing something because if you got uh, people reviewing each other's work, the chances of our, of you catching something wrong is a lot smaller than someone who's been doing this so many times or has had experience seeing other people do things and how their results work <laughs> that they'd be able to give some knowledge to you. Like uh, example, like uh, if you safety wire something wrong and you call your buddy over the, hey, does this look right? And he has just as little knowledge as you do. And he looks at it, oh, it looks fine to me. And then here comes the inspector or the IA or, or the auditor, whoever, like, yo, this shit's backwards. It's backwards, it's fucked up, and it's and there's not enough twist per inch or whatever the case may be. Tells you you're fucked up. You're like, well, my buddy here told me it was good. Like, well, I don't know what to tell you. Both of you are fucked up, <laughs> right? Yeah. No, no, now I know that both of you are wrong. <laughs> but that's a learning experience. Uh, I I can't remember if I mentioned this before, but when I first took over my phase department, uh, when I was in the service, I was just given a raw product. I had no idea what the fuck's going on. I didn't know where the status was. I didn't know who the people were. I didn't know how the program was doing. And then before I even had the chance to figure it out, boom, here's an audit like from an outside source. I'm like, oh shit. So I didn't know, I didn't know dick shit what was going on. So whatever they found, it was my problem. Like, okay, what did you, I stopped trying to justify why I didn't know. And I just said, okay, like what, what is wrong so I can fix it? Just give me the, uh, give me the fault or give me the fail because I pretty much, because the fact that I don't know what's going on is already a failure in itself. But, (laughs) but tell me what's wrong so I can fix it. And then of course I got the freak, I got a massive F for a fail and everyone started bitching at me about it. Like, what the fuck guy? Like, you don't know how to talk to an auditor. Like you're the ones who freaking slung me in here just before an audit. Like, of course I'm not going to get it perfect and right within three days from an audit without doing something completely shady. So I took the fail because I honestly deserved it. And now I know where the problems are. So now I can fix it. And in the process of fixing it, I now know how things work, which is, it, it's not a mindset I immediately had. <laughs> it's something I kind of learned through humility over the course of time. And that's something that we would like all of you to understand too. Like if you get your bag smashed, take ownership of it and just be like, okay, this is now we know where we can go to fix it. I mean, unless like you're just like being some straight up criminal and then you get caught and then that's going to be some other bullshit behind that. But <laughs> well, but, I mean, that's a great point. Like, like use it as a learning experience. Yeah. It's going to suck. The initial one you go through, especially if you've never experienced one before. And then you come in and just kind of get ran raked over the coals, you know, mm-hmm. you're going, ouch, that sucked, but go, all right, well, clearly I was set up for failure on that one, but now I have all the problems laid out before me and I can work to resolve those. And then moving forward, you really should have shouldn't have any large items to uh, to address. It should just be the little onesie twosies that pop up here and there. But right. all your main contract requirements would be should be you know copacetic. Um, the little ones you might have might be your you know if you're in a situation like me where you not only have your customer requirements, you have your own program requirements, but then there's also 
corporate requirements that apply to any program, no matter what you're on. Mm-hmm. You know, so so there's three sets of uh, requirements that that need to be adhered to, and typically your customer and your program ones are going to be relatively close. Mm-hmm. So those are the main ones, right? Because customers bring money, money brings contracts, contracts bring jobs, X, Y, Z. Those are the big ones. So those are the ones people like to focus on primarily. So so as long as those are squared away, and, and for the most part, you know, you're going to have all those squared away, but then you're going to get popped every once in a while for, for missing that little corporate thing on the side. And you're going, ah, that's right. Yeah, I should have done that. Um, okay. All right. Now I know I got that too. But at least the, the corporate ones, you know, you're not. It's not going to be detrimental to the company. It's just going to be, it's just going to be a little bit of extra work for you to to resolve. And in fact, you might find that a lot of what you're doing already, you know, oh, we have this corporate requirement that says you have to track this information. Oh, actually, we kind of already do. It's not in the for, corporate format, but it's in this format, and it's the same information. And most, if you're like six and nine, most auditors are going to go, all right, well, you, the information is there. Yeah, it's not in this format, but it doesn't say it has to be in that format. Just as you, you, you have to have this information, and here's an example format. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Uh, so I was, I always, I'm pretty lenient on that stuff. Where I'm like, cool. At least the information's there. At least we know that the information exists, and somebody's looking at it, rather yep. than like, oh man, never even heard of that before. <laughs> yep, yep. And then that's another big one too. Is that shall. Uh, those shall must do statements. If it's in your policy or in your company or organization's thing, if it says shall must do, you have to do it, period, right? Unless there's some kind of superseding agreement somewhere that says shall must do except for whatever. And every single entity has this, every single one from commercial, defense, uh, general aviation, uh, corporate, all that, it's all the same. They they have to have some form of those shall must do statements, and it all has to derive from some form of policy. Every single place has it, um, and understanding those is what's going to save your bacon when you actually get a surprise audit or you actually do get have to get reviewed. And now uh, going back to what I was saying with the learning experience, now having understand how things work or how if post audit experience you understand how things work, now you can take that as a as a check in the box for you, like, okay, whenever I try something new or when I go to another department, same type of setup, I know to do some kind of internal audit checks for myself. Like, does this exist? Is this there? Does this have to happen? What are my boundaries and my shall must do procedures or whatever the case may be? So when another audit rolls into that new spot, it's all good to go, even though you've only been there for however long. And that goes the same for it mechanics and and managers of any level really like if you're a brand new mechanic just kind of do an internal audit for yourself like where are xyz at did i do i need to have a certain uh level of training or clearance or briefing or whatever the case may be because if you don't and they start asking you about it it starts turning into a huge ordeal or it can snowball into a big ordeal and uh normally with uh with the way auditors work, it's not so much can you recite it to me verbatim, it's do you understand what you're doing and do you know the sources of where it comes from? Like, Yeah, can you I, find me the information? Right. Like, I'm not going to expect someone who's doing a avionics uh, wire route job to tell me how wires are made and how, what regulates the, the construction of XYZ wires or... Um, how much current is this thing supposed to carry and all that shit? I really don't care. Like, do you know how to route it? And you know where to find the reference if you ever had questions of it. Easy enough. <laughs> and, and I think that especially becomes apparent whenever auditors uh, present their findings to both the people that are being audited and the custom or the client who initiated the audit. Oh, that's when the freaking all the feelings start flying. Well, I don't, I don't like how, I don't understand why this is a finding or how is this a nonconformance or whatever the case may be, just flying off the hinges over all sorts of craziness. But when the audit was being conducted, when we, the auditor was physically there watching it happen, no one said a freaking thing or they try to sweep it under the rug quickly before the auditor (laughs) saw it, you know, like. Well, or I've had, I've had management go, we don't have time to deal with all this. 
Your customer says you'll have time to deal with all this, so I suggest yes. you plan your day accordingly. Yes, especially <laughs> if, especially if it's a regulatory thing. Oh my God, I've seen so many people, so many. <laughs> yeah, the Federal Aviation Administration says you'll do this, and they think it's pretty important, so I guess you should probably do that. Right. <laughs> they can only uh, shut down your operation. What do I know? Probably not that important. Right. Or take away your, your ability to do business. I don't, I don't know, like your, your AMP cert, your pilot's li- uh, license, all sorts of crazies. You know, no big deal. You, you know what? You do you. <laughs> but uh, definitely, like, if the findings are happening as, as it's going on, by all means, challenge it right then and there. If you feel necessary to challenge it. Because sometimes, like, the auditor is not going to know everything. And sometimes the person being audited is not going to know everything. It might just be like a misunderstanding. Like this person speaks terrible English or the auditor is terrible with talking to people. It happens. Right. right. But, but don't or let you that get out there. Like, like six said earlier in the show, you know, you're going to get people in there that never seen a, never seen an aircraft before come in there. Boy, that looks unsafe. Hey, what, why are you guys doing it that way? That looks unsafe. Oh, well, actually we do it that way because, the way the aircraft's designed can only fit these brackets this certain way. And then you show them the manual reference or an engineer memorandum or something that says to why you're doing it that way. And and that's where it goes back to that just showing proof. And you're like, oh, all right, well, you're doing exactly as, as the powers that be uh, have mandated, you know? You're not just doing it because that, you know, you know, fuck the world for the day. Yep. And then that, that's one thing that uh, I would say as mechanics to be wary of, because you would have some auditors who, who audit with their feelings, if that makes any sort of sense to anybody. Oh man. Yep. You know, <laughs> like um, as auditors, like from us, from our experience as auditors, we're supposed to be detached from our feelings. We're supposed to be objective. We're supposed to uh, be impartial and we're supposed to el- uh, so elicit or solicit a open communication. Like if I don't understand, you're supposed to tell me, or if you don't understand, I'm supposed to tell you. It's kind of like that fair give. But again, going back to that objective evidence or that objective uh, mindset, you find a lot of auditors who feel that this is how things should be done, which is fine. But if their regulations don't say it, or if their contract or their statement of work or whatever, doesn't say it, it doesn't exist. Now that yeah, could be a and what you can do is you can put in a recommendation in your audit package. that says, Hey, you know, notice this, uh, no, no current requirement exists to do it whatever way. However, best shop practice would, would indicate this is how this job's done. Recommend modify process procedures, whatever else, but you know, you can't be held liable for it. Right. And, Again, again, like, cause we've, we've known it because we've seen it happen. There's a lot of others like, well, this is not how I've done it in my previous t- lifetime, or this is not how I would have done it. Cool story, man. But if it's not part of your requirements or if it's not in your policies, procedures, or any type of regulatory um, uh, standard, who the hell it's, it's not for you to, to have feelings on. Move yeah, on. I, 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 I've worked with a guy now that that's exactly cause he'll say, well, you guys need to do this. And I'll say, where's that requirement? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, so-and-so, the director said, we're going to do this. I don't care who said it. Where's the requirement? Show me what process, doctrine, whatever, says that we have to do it that way. We've never, we haven't had to do anything regarding that yet. So why now? What's, show me the change. Well, they said, uh, I'm like, I, I, I get, okay, I'll give you whatever you want. Just, just. Show me the actual. That's what we. That's what. That's what quality is supposed to be. That's what auditors are supposed to be. Great. Just give me the hard evidence. Yeah, yes. I'm telling you. Yeah, I, and I believe you as far as I can throw you at this point. Show me the hard evidence. And mm-hmm. so, even from like a quality to quality uh, perspective, which is the scenario I'm giving right now, it's one of those like that's great. Well, I don't know. They, they said they want to. I don't care what they want. Just because they're in a higher position and. Trust me, everybody, I've gotten my ass in a sling for the majority of this year for this very situation, but I don't care who said it. The VP could come in here and tell me, show me the, well, I want it because I'm the VP. 
and I and I want to be the Queen of England. I don't, you know, I don't think we're going to get that's going to happen for either of us today. <laughs> uh, so, so then the individual reverts back to, well, you see, early on in my career, this is the way we did it. And six, how many times have we said this? Well, so you know, we've always done it this way. Well, you've always been wrong. Or early on in my career. Well, when when did you start your career? Well, you see, I joined the blah, blah, blah in 1985. Great. I wasn't even alive then, so I don't care. And processes and procedures have changed since 1985. Mm -hmm. So uh, catch up, Grandpa. (laughs) Cool story, bro. And it's one of... And and especially mechanics at the lower level, you will see this happen a lot. Like, especially the back in my day story or back in my previous station story or whatever. Cool story, man. What's the procedure? Is it written somewhere? Is it objectively stated somewhere? Show it to me. And you will get, and D will get what D wants. But if it isn't, like, it's, it's just like, it's just like how we are. You see that a lot with authority figures. Well, because I said so. You of all people should know then that we operate to policies, process, and procedures. So if you're telling me we have to start operating a new way, sure. But why? Yes. What's the, let, me, let me read the whole change notice myself so I can uh, become well-versed on it and then relay that on to my team. No, no, just, uh, just do it because I said so. I'm, I, am, I am all that is powerful. Well, <laughs> okay. you can wish in one hand and shit in the other, too. See which one gets filled up first, like. Yeah. You know, yep. where are we and, going with this? Yep. And the hazard with that, if just doing it blindly, if that was illegal, you can't, you can't uh, play plausible deniability. Like, well, I just did what I was told. Like that didn't work for anybody saying that <laughs> or that defense never worked for anybody. So that's hundred percent not going to work for you. I did it because I was told it's not regulatory. It's not, it's not a, a statement of work. It's not a freaking like a driving force. Even if it wasn't. Look, everybody, and why we're saying to question this is because in a situation I was in, I was being told I was, my group and I were being non-compliant. And I said, wow, that's news to me. Can you explain to me where I'm being non-compliant? You're not being compliant in accordance with this federal doctrine. Wow, that's interesting. Well, first of all, that doctrine doesn't really apply to us in the, due to the nature of this program. Well, the program is moving that way, so we want to get ahead of it. Yep, I'll, I'll yield to that. I know that's coming down the road, so I'm with it. Uh, but I've gone through that document, and I'm fairly certain I'm compliant with a majority of it in one form or another. So can you please show me what's in there? I, again, I've combed, combed through it. I've even reached out to a person who worked on the government side saying, hey, can you... You know, I'm being told I'm not compliant. Can you point this out to me in there? And they were like, "This that doesn't exist." Thought so. Great. Go back to that individual. Doesn't exist. What? What? So what they had done is they had just wrote their own desktop work instruction and then put it out there as as law. Well, I'm here to tell everybody right now, a desktop work instruction. If somebody comes through to you and says they have their own self written doctrine of what's to be done. They can pound, they can fold that thing up and shove it right up their ass. Because <laughs> even though you're, you're, you're being defiant, I'm going to say defiant in air quotes here or combative against them in that, well, you're, you're, you're not doing what leadership wants. Well, leadership's wrong. I'm trying mm-hmm. to save leadership from itself right now, <laughs> you know? Uh, yep. So we don't, we don't work to that. If you want that, take those things and have it added through the normal channels into the approval procedures for adding new things to processes, but I'm not going to write shit on a sticky note and call it law. Yeah. You know, or, or a freaking, so so that's my disclaimer for this episode is if somebody comes to you and says, I have it written down on my own set of work instructions. I want you to take their work instructions fold as they're explaining it to you, fold it up into a paper hat and just sit it on your head. As they're speaking to you, that's what I want you to do with that work instruction. Because you can't; it, it means it means nothing other than their own personal wants and, and whims. Yes, everything has to have some form of derivative authority, and it all traces back to a standard. That's the key thing here, especially in the audit. Everything has to derive from something. It can't just be willy nilly out of personal whim. 
has to. Even if it's a manager or whatever, it has to have some kind of derivative authority. Period. And that's where people get real, uh, real stickler when it comes to the findings, as we were saying earlier. They, and, like, and be leery. If you're asking to see proof and for some reason they're not wanting to show you proof, that should tell you all you need to know right there. Yes, absolutely. Because I, it, it makes zero sense to me as to why somebody, if, if they're saying, hey, you have to do this, why they wouldn't show you proof to ensure that it gets done expeditiously. Yes, and uh, that kind of that brings it to the the uh, the issuance of corrective actions if needed and a follow up because most people they say okay cool auditor's gone freaking back back to business as usual it happens we've been there as soon as as soon as the audit team leaves and they're gone like they're out of the parking lot everyone brings back all that extra parts all those extra non compliant things back into the shop. I go right back to do whatever the fuck it is they were doing. They'll be clean for like maybe two weeks because they got their their ego smacked down however hard it was. And then they go right back to doing what they're doing. Happens every freaking time. But this is where they Unfortunately. Uh, this is where they are wrong. And this is where we really nail you is once we say, hey, you guys have these corrective actions to address and you have X amount of time to figure it out. Now, that time can kind of flex depending on how severe the corrective actions are, but it's not over. Once we leave, it's not over. And uh, we still want you to address those problems. We want you to come up with a solution. We want you to implement those solutions. And then we're going to follow, and then we're going to revisit you however long down the road to see if it worked. And if it didn't, that's. Not only did you fail to address the concern, now it's a repeat and you basically fed us bullshit. That's that's where regulatory uh, audits especially can really smash your bag on. Um, we see this time and again, especially with big uh, companies where they go non-compliant, non-compliant, and then they say they're going to fix it. They, they keep kicking the ball down the road and they eventually want, uh, they get enough of these repeat uh failures and they say you know what act we're just axing you we're done <laughs> and and usually that turns into layoffs it turns into budget cuts it turns into uh regulatory sanctions say uh, depending on the severity or it can just pretty much mean your organization's uh boarding it up for good <laughs> yeah if it's super severe uh there's certain organizations that'll come through and go uh and i think there's been one case of this maybe that I know of, but at one place in this country, they, the, the auditing team went through and the discrepancies they found were so severe. Their recommendation was to scrap the program and, and, and start over. And guess what? That's exactly what was done. It was deemed irrecoverable or unrecoverable. I don't know, whatever the word is. I'm not a wordsmith here, but yeah, it it was deemed non-savable. Yep, and they they cut the head from the uh, cut the head off the snake, and and that was it. Wiped everybody, sent everybody home. Mm. You no longer have jobs. Yep, and it can and also be other okay. lesser. Sorry to cut you off, but there's other lesser severe scenarios for this where it comes in and they go, "Hey, everybody gets uh, the next three days to a week off. Yay, unpaid. What? Boo. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, we found some problems." And uh, we got to get everybody, keep everybody off site except for these key individuals who have been assigned to work this, uh, you know, resolve these problems. Mm-hmm. I, I remember uh, once like uh, this one unit next to me, or at least the one next to my unit, it failed their inspect their audit once. Then they got reinspected to verify their solutions. They failed that too. And then... They issued a whole another thing of corrective actions and verifications. So they came back a third time, failed that too. So three, three in a row, they fired pretty much everybody from that place. And then they shut that whole unit down for at least eight months. And the only reason why they didn't just board them up for good is because there were one of two places that had those type of uh, aircraft around and they needed that. So they said, in six months, we're going to nitpick everything you do we're going to stand watch and make sure you do everything correct we're going to make this as painful as possible so you learn your lesson and then when we feel that you're good and ready to walk on your own then we'll then we'll let you uh conduct business as usual which freaking sucks 
And that's something yeah, that you don't. So, so that's what I was going to tie into. So, you know, where, where I'm, where I was, there's uh, an audit coming here this month and it's already been a lot of problems have been found to the point where they're going to issue somebody from corporate to hold the hand of this individual uh, who runs the program for however many months. And essentially what you just said, six, basically like, and when they feel that you've got the reins again and you're capable of performing the task, uh, you know, they'll, they'll let the reins loose a little bit and let you back out on your own. And you say, well, well, that's cool. At least they're helping you out. No, you don't want that kind of attention. Mm-hmm. You know, because that means they've lost whoever, you know, and leadership has lost faith in you. Uh, if they're assigning you somebody to do that, to basically be over your shoulder and watch every keystroke that you're doing, every email you're sending, every report you're filling out. That means that there's been a, that's that's a real, you want to talk about a shot to the ego or whatever else, or uh, not feeling adequate that's that's a shot to the uh, kidneys because that means there's been there's a loss of faith and that's Mm -hmm. a very hard thing to get back win back oh yeah uh another example uh with that whole handhold thing when i was just a baby mech on the line just being the the dumb guy with the grease gun you know and because there's a, probably a lot of mechs like, what the fuck does this all have to do to me like this isn't this is all top level shit i have no problems with it, it can be a problem real fast. Like uh, say, for example, like uh, you guys got audited for uh, finances, like your your time cards are fucked up or your, or someone's been kind of pinching the top and just uh, entering their hours wrong for whatever reason. That turns into everybody's problem fast. Like, so. Uh, well, like, they're uh, not going to interview your manager as to why you put in your time wrong. They're going to go to the lower level people. They're going to mm-hmm. interview all of you. Yep. So and then that, and then that's going to be bundled up and said, oh, everybody says, well, nobody showed us how to fill out our time cards. That's mm-hmm. going to be a massive auto finding that's going to slap corporate right in the face. Yep. And then, and then so all that turned into every little step that we took, every minute of our life was cataloged and annotated. Like, uh, like say, our 15-minute breaks. They would time you from the moment you walked off the line to the moment you walked back on if it was 15 minutes on the dot or how long does it take you to get, to grab your tools, walk to the line, do the job and then walk back to sign it off. They, they, uh, one of those, uh, little distance wheel counters, like the one they use for soccer fields or construction. It looks like a, like a meter on a bike tire or something like that. They will literally take one of those and walk it with you to count how many steps and how far you went with it. It sucked. And, and then just having that kind of babysitter like uh, set of eyes looking after you, it gets really annoying and it really and it interferes with your job really fast, especially when someone's like timing you, scrutinizing every little well, thing you did. Yeah, imagine imagine there's exacto measurements from your workstation to the restroom or to the tool crib or to the supply, and if you're wearing this is called an ankle monitor, you know a Fitbit ankle monitor. And if they're coming back and say, well, you walked, you walked 10,000 steps today, but the only places you should have gone were from here to here, here to here this many times, you know? Mm-hmm. And so your average step should have been 8,000 per day. So can you explain to us where the other 2,000 came from? Oh, well, I went over to the other workstation to talk to my friend who just got back from vacation. And it's like, oh, okay, so you're wasting time. Like, it's that's this is a very extreme example, but not really because there's a currently one of the largest organizations in the world does that with their people now. Mm hmm. Uh, yep. Which ties into a video I saw the other day of you can't become a billionaire ethically. Yep. So, and then, then, but anyways, that's a whole other, yeah, it's a whole other, but you'd be like, uh, you'd be amazed. It's like, like, oh, where all well, audits over, everything's good to go. Like there are those follow-up actions can get real in your face real fast. So, uh, if there's anything else you want to take from whatever this, whatever we said previously, also take into account, like just because the auditors are not there, doesn't mean it's over. Right. And they'll all, and, uh, follow-ups almost always happen annually. 
or semi-annually, depending on the severity, uh, which is the case right now with this verification of corrective action season. They they will be back and they will and they take really good notes of what was where and how things were done. And if things showed little to no change and they can show this math mathematically of just how much has changed. And then that can t- determine whether we start smashing people, we start reallocating resources we, or we start shutting things down. The reallocating of resources, I think, is what really hurts the most uh, or besides getting straight up fired. Because uh, if you say, oh, everything's fine and dandy, everything's going great with the given resources, even though you know for a fact it's not, there's like, okay, whatever. If everything's going great, cool. So we're going to shift some of this money from over here to over here, which is supposedly the where all the problems are. And now you just kind of fucked yourself because whatever was the actual problem, you kind of just swept that under the rug to get them out of your hair. And then now they're putting stuff and, and allocations and whatever else on other things that we know for a fact aren't as bad as they as we show them to be, which also happens a lot. <laughs> yeah. You ain't lying there. Yeah. Uh, this this uh, this uh this conversation can go on forever because it's just it's ever revolving it's always happening and it's almost always the same excuses. <laughs> well, it's so funny is it's like yeah it's, it's almost repetitive in nature to a certain degree, mm-hmm. which you say, geez, then what's the point? But but it's uh each time the problem gets a little less and less. But there's one thing for sure that there's never a shortage of problems. Right. Absolutely. Um, so with what we could say is if you're a lead or even just a first level mechanic, it doesn't hurt to do an audit. It doesn't hurt to do like a self audit. It's It doesn't sound as cool, right? Especially when it comes to self audit, we know the cliches that come with it. Like no one's going to give themselves a fail, but at least be aware of like, okay, I'm not going to give myself an F, but... I need some brushing up, right? <laughs> or I've identified I have a problem, but I fixed it. I got it. Or we understand. And that's kind of what we want you to do. That's the idea. But to just blatantly say, just pencil whip it through or just kind of breeze through your own internal procedures and wait for an actual or an external auditor to smash you. That's when the negativity comes. <laughs> right. uh, any Anything else about audits or or literally anything MVP. I'll just repeat my disclaimer again. Uh, if somebody is coming to you with their own self-written instructions as to what they're telling you, you need to be doing how you should be doing it. When you should be doing it, go ahead and make that paper hat. Yep. <laughs> and and uh, search for, search for the real reason. Yes. That's the that's the one, and I and I would like to repeat that and like make sure that it is on paper that it's deriving from an actual authority, not just like because he has a higher he or she has a higher pay grade than you. That's how shit um, rolls downhill, or that's how shit escalates. Well, yeah, but hey, let, then you go and you go and execute that personal whim of theirs, and when it blows up in their face, uh, they come back and say, "I never had that." Sure. Yes. No, this isn't a, you can't, we can't audit to, you can't hold us to this document. It's not, these aren't, uh, these aren't real documents. Huh. Weird. So not only, not only did you now do something, uh, that you were mandated to do, you were also hung out to dry for doing it. Nah, just mm-hmm. go ahead and go ahead and find that, uh, that actual process, procedure, regulation, whatever. Yep. Uh, if it's in there, great. If not, enjoy your new paper hat. <laughs> right but hey let us know what, uh, what you think uh what some of the stuff that we missed what are some stuff that you also find helpful let us know in the comments and our socials our email our website the absolute best way to get a hold of us and have some feedback with us is our discord via patreon that's where we have all sorts of conversations with this where we learn new things for ourselves matter of fact hey we're also well on our way to we're about that that time now for our third year as being a podcast and it's been a very fun ride. We've had many episodes talking about it, but looking back at it, it's been, it's been real fun and seeing other shows starting to come up and starting to use uh, our example as their voice finding to talk about aviation or maintenance or anything else similar to what we do. It's been really humbling. 
And also, uh, also, we should be hearing shortly about the results from the People's Choice Podcast Awards. I mean, at least if we're going to be in the run to receive something, right? So, hey, we'll stand by for that. We'll let you guys know uh, what how that works out. But again, like, let us know your opinions. Let us know your com- your your tips, your comments, anything else we've missed. And we'll and on that note, we'll thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all again on the next one. And bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. We would like to take this time to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to make episodes, maintain our gear, and create merch for all of our listeners. With special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Eric Shaw, Dan Schubert, Ryan Frushauer, Kyle Keir, Mike Sherwood, Caleb Stockhill, and Jennifer Brofer. Thank you all so much for your support and patronage. If you like our show, please support us on Patreon. You'll receive awesome perks like access to our private Discord, discounts and early access to our merch, first glimpse of our comics and other projects, and so much more. You can further support us and show off your prowess as an aircraft specialist by visiting our shop at cancelformainness.com. If you like classy or rugged watches, visit our affiliate Rockwell Time at rockwelltime.com. Use the code CX, the number 4MX, to save 10% off your total order. If you have suggestions for the show or you'd like to be a guest on the show, send us a line on our contact us section at cancelformainness.com and we'll do what we can to get both your ideas and yourself on the show. Please support us on social media like Facebook at Cancel for Maintenance, Instagram at C-A-N-X for Maintenance Podcast, or Twitter at C-X-M-X Podcast. Please check out our new comic series on the Tapas app. Like, share, subscribe, and comment on our comics. Let us know what you think. Thank you all so much for your support and listenership, and we will catch you all next time.